listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. Thanks for joining us on a Saturday morning. It's bright and early right after a big Suns win on Friday night. And we got my regular co-host. I'm Dave King. We got my regular co-host here, uh, Zona Hoops. Good morning. Morning. Good to be on here after a win, after last week's loss, rare loss to, to Golden State. Um, happy to keep it rolling. I know, man. It's crazy. They've got more wins in the last 21 games than they had in an entire season three years ago. <laughs> and we have a special guest today. Huge special guest. I'm sure everyone's excited to see Max McCauley right here on YouTube. Max, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, especially in such a, a fun time for the Suns. It's, it's, it's awesome to come on your show for the first time and, and talk about them. I know. This is, this is incredible. It really is. I've been wanting to have you on for a very long time. Thank you so much for joining us, Max. Max from the 7 Seconds or Less podcast, the extremely famous podcast, one of the best out there. I wish it was still going. I used to listen re Thank religiously. You. I appreciate that. And, yes. And with co-host David Kevin, uh, and uh, many of you know him as David Nash. However you know him, four-point play, uh, Max and David had, had a great podcast going. And you probably just listened to their latest release at the quarter poll. They put out something. If you haven't listened to Max and David lately, um, give it give it a listen because you won't be disappointed. Those guys really, really do a great job. Yeah, David really went out uh, above and beyond in that one, counting every single uh, foot on the line two-pointer Booker's ever had in his career by going back and watching every single one of them. I don't know how he has the time to do these things, but he did it. So if, you, if you're interested in that, check that out. <laughs> yeah, David's an absolute and sicko, and I mean that in the best way possible. Like, that's just crazy. That just shows how much uh, research he puts into it. So mm -hmm. definitely go check out that podcast and excited to have Max on. He's, he's one of my favorite followers on Sun's Twitter and Cardinal's Twitter as well. Just he's, he's always tweeting stuff that like, I'll check the timeline. It's like, I was just about to tweet that or like, <laughs> I can relate to it. So uh, excited to have him on. Thanks, that I is the thing it. about Twitter. You got to look at uh, who who just tweeted what you're thinking about tweeting, so you're not repeating people. <laughs> yeah, especially so. if you're tweeting about a game that happened like a day before, and you you kind of late on it. I'm always worried about just tweeting something that already had like seven thousand likes for somebody. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yesterday we were in the pregame uh, with Monty Williams, and the first question was, "Is DeAndre Ayton good to go?" Huh. And Monty. Monty said he's out, and immediately you hear a click, like an enter key hit. <laughs> And he looks over at Kellen Olsen. He's like, wow. He didn't draft ready to go. <laughs> That's funny. And then Dwayne, Dwayne Rankin's just like, oh, man, now i got to think of a different way to say it. Mine will be longer. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Monty had some fun with us, how, how fast people were typing while he was doing his interviews last <laughs> night. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's a good time to be a Suns fan, as you say, Max. Let's recap this past week. Uh, again, thank you all for joining us. Um, those who got in here bright and early in the comments section, uh, we are happy to have all of you here as well as Max. This is the Sun Solar Panel, always fresh, always free, and presented by the Basketball Podcast Network. Today, we are going to have four quarters um, of, of good time here. We're going to recap the week. We're going to go through a true or false section with max and and zona and i we're gonna 
tell you who our favorite buyout targets are. Uh, we still don't know Max's, so that I'm really curious about what Max has. But he's going first on this one, so he gets he gets to he gets the pick of the litter on that. And then last, we are gonna we're gonna preview this upcoming week. So I am really looking forward to it. Let's get into it. Uh, first question is: We are going to recap the week. Um, general observations. So let's just talk about Max. Why don't you take us through what you thought, what you saw this week after the Suns' winning streak, 18-game winning streak, was broken last Friday by the Golden State Warriors. They played only two games in the past seven days, mm -hmm. and they beat both teams. Um, so tell me what you think happened. What, what's your takes? Well, it's really interesting because I kind of think the two games were very different from each other, right? The first one was a little bit more of a struggle than the second one. The first one really just came down to Chris Paul being a magician in the clutch. Like, I think we probably should have lost that game. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, you know, Arizona legalized gambling and I late the fourth quarter, I placed a bet against us in that game, just as an emotional hedge. I thought we were going to lose. Um, Chris Paul didn't let us lose. Uh, he'd been doing that all season, doing his whole career, just playing like that in crunch time. But, but the Friday night game, the Boston game, totally different story. Um, the offense finally yeah. clicked without Booker. I thought it's taken this long for it to finally sort of work. You know, they made a lot of shots that helps, but you know, it just generally seemed easier for them. Whereas I think before last night, before the Celtics game, it really felt like a struggle. Like you really, really felt Devin Booker's absence before that game. Yeah, totally agree. I think that Spurs game, uh, it feels like it was so long ago too. Like this, yeah. this long gap in between games, it's, it's almost like I forgot what happened. <laughs> I had to go back and check, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, the Celtics game, like Max just said, I think everyone just kind of felt more comfortable in the offense without Booker because he's kind of always been that bailout. Like I'm going to go get a bucket whenever, whenever nothing's working. And there was some like hesitancy from some of their players like throughout this game too. But I think just the balance overall with like Cam Johnson campaign looking to attack was important. And just this win just shows how deep and balanced they are across the board. So uh, really encouraging win, really impressive win against a team. Obviously I think they're like in their fifth game of like a West coast road trip and mm -hmm. probably ready to get home. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, they looked like it to say the least, but uh <laughs> The Celtics yeah. definitely looked like they didn't want to be there on Friday night. That's for yeah. sure. So them and Eric Bledsoe. Uh, so let's uh, let's go into more a little bit more detail on Monday. I want to just talk through that. So the, the Suns played the Spurs. They had a big lead, uh, 16, 18 points in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden the Spurs came roaring back. It was 16-point lead. The Spurs came roaring back and tied the game. At, uh, at either 88 or 98. Now I'm forgetting that part. I think it was 88. And then um, Chris Paul just decided, as Max alluded, that uh, he just the Suns weren't going to lose that game. The Spurs roaring back. How did the Spurs roar back? I think the Suns just took their foot off the gas. It was a Monday night. They didn't have Devin Booker to bail them out on, on some tough shots. And uh, the Spurs came back and tied that game. And you would have thought, as Max said, he put a bet on the, to, against the Suns to lose uh, for the Suns to lose because that's the kind of game a team loses that we've seen for the past decade. We've seen when the Suns lose their edge or any team loses their edge, it's really hard to get it back. No matter how much I know it takes a ton of effort to get all the way back in the game, and that's the excuse the coaches use anytime a, a team does a big comeback and then still comes up short. But it just feels like it's really hard for most teams to get back into it emotionally. Well, Chris Paul seems immune to that kind of emotional letdown, <laughs> and he just decided this wasn't going to happen on this night. I thought that was pretty incredible. 
Um, and then on Friday, obviously, as, as, as you guys just saw on Friday night, um, the Suns just hit the, hit the gas in the second quarter, and then they kept the foot down on the gas, and then the Celtics just kind of gave up. At five minutes left, they put in their deep bench uh, and didn't even try. So it did look like the, the Celtics didn't show up. I think Marcus Smart started, I don't know, 0 for 24, it felt like, in that game. <laughs> he was shooting um, the way you want. You know, like JaVale McGee goes into a slump. Or not JaVale, but I'm sorry. Uh, Jay Crowder goes into a slump. It seemed like uh, uh, Marcus Smart has that in spades um, mm. uh, when when you get when you get cold there. So, all right, that was that was those two games. Any other comments on those two? Yeah, you. We should probably talk about JaVale McGee. You briefly mentioned him there, but he was unbelievable last night. Even he knocked down a three. He was all over the place on both ends of the floor. I thought he was probably our best player last night. Maybe Jay Crowder would also have a contention for that. And the one other thing I think we have to talk about is uh, Jaywin Smith. Uh, for the first yeah. time in his career so far, looking like a real NBA player was nice. Um, if not only just to contribute this year, I mean, I think that would be somebody we'll talk about trades later who we really like to have some value uh, in a trade because it's kind of hard for the Suns to, to make any kind of deals with their current roster. Jay Smith being something would, would really help that. Yeah, send, send that footage to all 29 <laughs> NBA GMs. Uh, that's exactly. how Jalen plays every night. Yeah. Can't t- convince me otherwise. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think... Jalen stepped up big time. He looked competent and uh, definitely a pleasant surprise, whether it's, you know, something that's sustainable or not. Hopefully we can, we'll find out. I mean, I think he's earned the right to at least get some minutes. And with Dario and Frank out, it would have been concerning if, you know, Ish Wainwright was still beating him out for minutes. So he kind of had to play tonight, I think. Um, But yeah, encouraging from him. And then Kareem McGee was, was great. Uh, (laughs) I mean, just the stuff he was doing was, I mean, shooting the threes, uh, obviously the second one didn't go as well as the first one, but uh, you know, it just, it looks like he has a lot of confidence and Monty has instilled that in him and he's been a a great addition. Um, I was excited about picking him up, but he's exceeded my expectations for sure. Yeah, Yeah, man, that's been the great, the great mystery has been uh, Jalen Smith, not getting many minutes in his career at all. Monty Williams has shown he's not afraid to play younger guys. Uh, he, he, he played Cameron Johnson, his rookie year, a lot of minutes. Uh, it's just that Jalen Smith has, for some reason, not earned Monty's trust, even before the game. Now, Monty might have been coy, but the fact that Jalen Smith has only had only appeared in like 30%, even appeared in 30% of the Suns games, when there's a lot of garbage time to have been had, um, over the last couple of years and, and just doesn't get in the rotation. And they've now they're how many centers down They're four centers down as of last, uh, for last night, if you include Dario, I think mm-hmm. um, it feels like it anyway, at least three and uh, Jalen finally had to get minutes. And even then Monty Williams was noncommittal about making uh, Jalen Smith playing. And I think he had to have a good first half to be able to get back in there in the second half. If he had not had a good first half, you wouldn't have seen him again. Uh, but big props to Jalen Smith just doing his job. And he got a lot of credit from the team after the game uh, for doing his job playing hard. Monty Williams, one thing Monty said was that it was nice seeing Jalen Smith be able to hold up on switches defensively. That's where he had been struggling the most uh, is not necessarily – everyone knows he can rebound. He can he can get offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. He can shoot. He can't make necessarily, but he can shoot. Uh, that's all there. But if you get lost on defense for a team that prides itself on great defense – then it's really hard to get on the floor. And so hearing Monty say 
he didn't embarrass not he didn't use the word embarrass money never says anything like that but he said he he held up defensively in switch situations because the other team was doing a lot of switching uh and then your comment on 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 uh JaVale McGee, JaVale McThree. Um, Monty, <laughs> he was at Monty Williams was asked, what'd you think when you saw JaVale hoisting up a three? Monty's like, you don't want to hear what I was thinking. <laughs> you don't want that is not JaVale's job. Um, and I forget which one of the guys said it, it was either Jay or it was Monty, but um, JaVale was supposed to roll on that second three, but his arms are so long he caught it. And was able to step back all in one motion to the three-point line. <laughs> I think that was the one Monty's talking about where he's like, you don't want to hear what I, was, what I have to say. And Jay Crowder said, yeah, um, we need to learn when the right threes are, when, when's, when's the right time to shoot threes and when's not. Sometimes we forget. So uh, that was pretty good. But, you know, everyone's really happy. JaVale McGee, 21 points, 15 rebounds in 26 minutes. And it was really key that Jalen Smith played well because they didn't have Frank Kaminsky to step in, uh, come in and play 30 minutes. I mean, the the games that the Sun centers have had this year are incredible. You've got DeAndre Aiden had a 21 and 21 game. You've got JaVale McGee now with a 21 and 15 and a 19 and 14 game in games that uh, DeAndre Aiden missed. You had Frank Kaminsky with a 31 point game where everything he put up without even looking at the rim was going in. And then, of course, now you've got Jalen Smith, who almost had a double-double in a real regular season game. Jalen Smith, how many double-doubles has Jalen Smith had in his career? Who can answer? Okay, at this point, let's just take a quick break and talk about our friends at DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. you got to do this. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win 100 bucks in free bets. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code TBPN, that's TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score, any team at all, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did he have one against the Spurs in that game last year, like the last year of the season? Is that the one? Yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah that'd, be, that'd be my guess. That was the mop-up game. That was yeah. the game that Chris Paul didn't play. Nobody played, basically, in that final game of the season. That one didn't really count in my mind. Obviously, it didn't count in my mind because nobody was playing that needed to, to play. They didn't need the win. They had. They pretty much had the two-seed locked up. Or no, they had definitely had the two-seed locked up. They almost could have had the one-seed if the right teams would have lost that day, but that wasn't the way Sunday went that at the end of that the was season. The, uh, last year. That was the each one more game winner, right? Yeah. Yes. That, <laughs> that was, was each one more. <laughs> the best that game of his year. Yeah. yeah. Well, it got him a contract. Yeah. The playoffs didn't go so well for each one, but uh, that, that, that oh. was a nice moment. That was a nice yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Landry Shamit, I'd rather have him coming off the bench than anybody who came off the bench behind Devin Booker and, and uh, Chris Paul last year. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, the thing about Landry, maybe we'll just quick, sorry, quick side though, because I'm the Landry Shamit yeah. guy. Um, he's so close to being like what I want him to be. He just can't finish at the rim right now at all. He just cannot yeah. finish anything, and that's unless he's dunking. Unless he's dunking, right? He had that dunk last night, but when he's trying to lay it up, he's just missing mm-hmm. everything. He's got, if he can get just like a reasonable finish to get the rim, he'll be really, really uh, a solid uh, kind of piece for the Suns going forward. There's been a couple of times where it looked like he was surprised he even got to the rim. It's like he yeah. didn't know what to do once he got there and got past his defender and the and the big didn't come over to meet him. So uh, that was, yeah, that was, that was inter- it's been interesting because you, you're right. If he could just finish at the rim, he'd be, he'd be more valuable and he'd get a little bit more confidence. And I'm sure yeah, he got tons, but. I think part of it is that the other teams he was on before, this didn't let him do that. <laughs> didn't let him try to drive, make his own offense. So hopefully just getting used to it and he'll, uh, he'll improve there. Yeah, and I saw. I noticed his career averages, like for two point field goals, are like it's way below his career average right now. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that'll start to climb up. But obviously, like you said, he's still probably not used to, you know, having this role. And like even with Cam Johnson, it kind of took him a little time to like realize he needs a counter, the defense closing out hard and and, and yeah. attack. So I think it'll come. Like he's not going to shoot thirty percent on twos the rest of the year. We hope. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean he's shooting forty plus percent from three though, and. Yeah, this whole bench mob, just really cool to see them all score in double double digits last night. Um, you know, obviously, two of them had to get upgraded to starters, but it just shows the depth of this team. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. So with, with those guys all having, and, and Jalen Smith did finish with seven points and nine rebounds in, in important minutes, between him and JaVale McGee, they just had an incredible night um, at the center position. And JaVale, actually, after the game, uh, said that Monty Williams is really, really good at making this a a center, um, uh, making it easy for centers to do well in this system. And what he meant was, is not necessarily you're going to get all the points and rebounds because um, uh, JaVale's doing a lot of that just from his own effort, but he's being put in positions to be able to do that, which is good. And he even talked about, even when in a night where he gets 21 points in 26 minutes, he even talked about how the center's job is to draw the defense more so than finish the shot and get the ball in the post. He's like, yeah, I got to remind myself not to get frustrated when I dive hard, seal out, seal off the defender and still don't get the ball because Chris Paul's throwing it over my head to the open three-point shooter in the corner because that defender already uh, dropped down and tagged me. So he's like, it's, it's just a fun offense. It makes us all feel good and look good and and uh, it's just fun to play in. And this is, besides JaVale McGee, who's only for his the maybe the third time in his career, in his long career, is averaging double digits in, in uh, points. Um, defi- de- besides him, nobody's having a career year, and yet the Suns are off to their second-best record in franchise history after 20 20- what is it? They're 21 and four. So 25 games. Uh, the only team that was, that was at a better pace in their history was the uh, 05, 04, 05 Suns. Uh, when they started this season, 31 and four in the first yeah. half. Um, so Suns got to go win another 10 straight games to tie that. And then an 11th to beat. I'm them. down. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a question in the chat. Uh, is there any expectation that Booker is going to be back at all in the next week? We haven't gotten any. Uh, every time Monty's asked, he just said he's making progress, he's resting, he's rehabbing. Uh, they don't want Link, uh, Booker's injury to linger. He did have a hamstring in the finals that he played through, and he's had hamstrings off and on throughout his career. So I, I think the Suns are just, especially when you go 
three and one, you know, in, in his absence. And uh, four and one, if you count that first Golden State game uh, where he left in the first half, I think they can handle just waiting for Booker to be totally healthy when he comes back. What do you guys think? Do they need Booker back real soon? Or what's your take on the Booker thing? Max. Uh, so I, I think I think not real soon. Although what I'll say is I, I do think uh, in a hypothetical Warriors Suns playoff series, home court advantage will matter a lot. It also start, it's also starting to look like the, there's three top teams in the West: uh, Phoenix, Golden State, and Utah. And so you will presumably avoid Utah if you're the one seed. So I do think it's very important to get the one seed. So if they start to lose some games here and Golden State keeps on winning, I could see some urgency start to creep in. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Zona, go ahead. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, it's a good point about home court. We saw how important that was last year for them. So uh, mm-hmm. I think obviously you don't want to rush him back or anything. And But if he's ready to go, then there's no reason to to sit him for too long. Um, you know, hopefully sometime before like that Christmas game, he can come back and maybe get a couple of reps in. And because I'm really looking forward to the Suns Warriors, it's going to be awesome. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. both teams are at full strength and Clay's back as well. Uh, yeah, overall, you don't want to rush him. It's a regular season. They're they're built to win without him for for the most part. Like if they're playing against like elite teams, they'll probably have some some trouble. But against like these you know average or mediocre teams, they're they're going to be just fine. Yeah, that Warriors Christmas game seems like the outside of this window to return. I don't I don't see him missing that game. Yeah, no, I don't see him missing that game either. And that'd be nice if Clay is back, Clay Thompson's yeah. back, as well as Devin Booker and both teams are as as full strength as they they've been anyway. I think it'll take Clay a little bit of time to get totally all the way back, but he'll be a great shooter from day one. Um, That's for sure. All right. So um, Monty Williams also this week, just to finish recapping the week, Monty Williams, it was reported, although he wouldn't comment on it because it wasn't made official, uh, but it was reported that Monty Williams is going to join Steve Kerr's staff and Steve Kerr is going to take over the Olympic team going for team USA going forward not just Olympics. There's the other competitions as well. Uh, And so with Monty Williams joining the staff and Devin Booker becoming a mainstay on that team, and I'm sure Chris Paul, if he ever felt like it, could could play on the team as well. um, What do you guys think that means for the Suns going forward? Zona, you first. Mikael Bridges. That's that's all I will say. I think he's going to end up on the team. He has to be. Like, he's a perfect Team USA player. Um, And that, that was my first thought, just because like looking back to what Steve Kerr said about Mikel and how much their warriors respect his, his defense and all the little things he does. And then obviously Monty loves him too. So I think it would be really cool to watch Booker and Mikel uh, hold up a gold medal together. Like that's something sign me up for that, but uh, congrats to Monty totally deserves it. Um, him and Kerr together, I think it's going to be a really good combo just because of their, their offense. Um, really, it's really well balanced and, predicates to sharing the ball which you need on a team filled with stars so mm-hmm. uh, i think it, it's a good hire and looking forward to seeing if that leads anything for the suns as well that's a great point on mikhail i hadn't thought about that before but he would be awesome on team usa mm-hmm. i mean we all saw how good uh drew holiday was for team usa uh, you need defenders like that not everyone can shoot all the time I and mean, you can't have all the guys averaging 25 points per game so i think it makes a lot of sense and yeah really just happy for monty um, he totally deserves it. He's been an absolutely incredible coach. I think everybody, every Suns fan was happy when we when we hired Monty just for kind of the culture reasons. I don't think really anybody was as optimistic about how good of a coach he was going to be. And to see him get recognized in that capacity is awesome. 
I remember us all talking about it on our various podcasts and, and pod forums uh, before the first Monty Williams season started. And the biggest concern was that he was going to be old school as a coach yeah. and not progressive and that the team was his teams were always slow. They weren't great offensively. All these things, all these concerns, and, and I think it's I think it's really interesting how how Monty has completely evolved as a coach to become a, a strength in, in in terms of being progressive than than a, than a weakness. I thought that's that's been incredible. Yep, totally agree. And we sometimes forget that coaches can improve too, not just players. And he has certainly improved. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Definitely. All right. Well, let's move on to our our second part of our show and i'm going to let zona take this one over zona is going to play us a game of true or false yep so we'll start with the uh the first question the first burning question um true or false we'll start with max here first um then go to dave the suns will surpass their franchise record for most wins in a single season which was 62 and 20. I'm going true on this one. Um, before the season started, I thought they would equal it. I think probably for your column, uh, Zona. Um, but now, you know, the way they've played, I'm going to go with 63. I'm going to go with 63. Wow, 63 wins. So the Suns, to they're on a pace for 69 wins right now. So if the yeah. Suns keep winning nice. at this pace, uh, they'll do very well this year. And I don't see Chris Paul giving up that pace at all. And what's interesting to me is that Aiden has missed six games. Booker now has missed four games. Uh, Campaign has missed some time. Obviously, Frank Kaminsky, who would have thought we'd just say Frank Kaminsky, oh, no, missed some time. But he actually has missed some time and, and has been noticed. Uh, there has They haven't been totally healthy. Now, they're not dealing with full season issues or anything like that, but they haven't been totally healthy. So I, I think it's uh, it, it, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, I would say, are they going to exceed the 62 wins? Well, if you ask Matt Moore, uh, HP Basketball, the Action Network, I had him on preseason on on the solar panel, and he actually predicted the Suns would come in under the Vegas line of 51 wins. I do hope, because he thought, now, he thought the Suns would just coast this season because they they had a finals hangover and that they would be just as dangerous in the playoffs as they were a year ago. But under 51 wins, I'm like, really, Matt? Really, really, Matt? What's going on here? But uh, that was his call. I think uh, the Suns are going to come up just short of the 62, but it'll be, it'll be, they'll still have. Let me, th- let me think here. What's your next question? Oh, we, our next question is, is who their, who their threats are. But I, I would say that they're going to be one of the top two records in the conference for sure. Um, I don't think I'm going to go with the over on that one. What do you think, Zona? Yeah, I'm glad we didn't go chalk and I'll say over. Uh, I'm going to go over. I think my prediction uh, beginning of the year was 63, and I'm going to stick with that. Uh, it's it's going to be tough to break that record because there's obviously going to be stretches where, you know, more injuries could pop up or even COVID situations. Like, you never know what's going to happen. But with the the pace they're on right now, it's it's tough to see them. Like, if they can stay relatively healthy, like you mentioned, Dave, they're, they haven't really been healthy. But if they can mm-hmm. stay at least somewhat healthy, then I think it's pretty – plausible for them to surpass that um easier said than done though the season's a grind so i'll say over but it's going to be close 
and I'm glad I didn't listen to Matt Moore because I took the over on their, their uh, preseason odds. <laughs> did you bet? I bet. I bet on the over as well. So I'm yeah, feeling well. pretty good yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. I think a it lot was of a, it was a stupid line. Money. It was just a bad line. They they last year were way better than that. On a, a they had the same. Mm-hmm. Didn't they have 52 or 51 wins in a short? They had 51. So yeah, 51 yeah, yeah. and 21. So I was like, Matt, you really think they're going to go over 10 in the next yeah. uh, the extra 10 games? And and they were bad to start last season. They did not have a good start. <laughs> it just none of them that made any sense to me. That that line. No. Not yep. All. all right. Question number two. Um, we'll start with Dave this time. True or false? The Jazz are a legitimate threat to the Suns and Warriors in the Western Conference. Uh, well, it depends on what you're gonna, what you, in what terms you call a threat. Threat for the number one seed, yes. Threat in a playoff series or threat to uh, uh, get past the Suns in the playoffs? I don't think so. I uh, look. I, I I got on Twitter yesterday a little bit, and I always regret it after I get on Twitter a little bit and, and go back and forth with people. But I was basically saying that um, some uh, Zin, I think it was Zin, who just or no, Surge, Surging Suns, put on there. Hey, just for grins, would you rather have Rudy Gobert or DeAndre Ayton? And I was I was in the in DeAndre Ayton. Uh, in, in the DeAndre Ayton camp because I think he's more playable in the playoffs. And I'm not saying Gobert gets exposed. What I'm saying is he has just enough limitations to where the Jazz have had have struggled to get past the second round in the playoffs. And the Suns have already proven, Ayton has already proven, he can help you get past the second round in the playoffs. So why would you switch that out? So that was basically what I was saying. Both offense and defense versatility, um, I would take Ayton over over JaVale, uh, over uh, Rudy Gobert. So are the Jazz a legitimate threat to pass the Suns and make the finals ahead of the Suns? No, that's my, that's my false. What do you say, Max? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think it, a lot of it comes down to like what you said, what, is, what do you mean by legitimate threat? I, I do think we could lose a series against them. I think it's definitely conceivable. So I guess in that, in that capacity, it's, it's certainly a legitimate threat, but I wouldn't yeah. expect it to happen. I would certainly favor us. And yeah, the Gobert thing's interesting because I, I do think he his value is lessened, particularly in the Jazz system in the playoffs, because their perimeter defenders get exposed, and mm-hmm. it's hard for any big to to cover up for that. So I think, you know, I, they, uh, this was a point that the timeline guys made on uh, on in the KOC podcast, which was great. Uh, oh yeah, that, that was it was really really good. And it, it, the point was basically like defensive player of the years are always big men because people just kind of assume big men have the most value, but. You know what happens in the playoffs? Rudy Gobert, the best big defender, apparently gets totally uh, neutralized because his perimeter mm-hmm. defenders can't do anything. So maybe perimeter defenders are a little more important than we give him credit for. So I, I do think because the Jazz's defensive system, I think, is weaker than the Suns and less flexible than the Suns. I think that they would beat us. I, I would be very confident in a series like that. But because I think we could lose, you know, if Mitchell goes crazy something like that, I, I guess I'd stay true technically to them being a legitimate threat. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Um, I'm gonna go true as well, but with the caveat that you just mentioned that I think at full strength, the Suns have a better defense and their wings specifically, just looking at like the jazz roster, that's where the biggest gap is between them and the Suns. And like you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the perimeter defense that, you know, funnels, uh, you know, the offense into the big guy is like where the Suns have a huge advantage. So it's tough for me to see the jazz beating a full strength Suns team in a seven game series. I definitely think there's going to be games where they could, get hot and shoot, you know, 40, 50% from three. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell goes, you know, crazy and wins them a few games. But, uh, yeah, so I think Suns-Jazz would probably go six or seven games. I would pick the Suns. 
but uh, they're they're right there, and I think you can't sleep on them. I know a lot of Suns fans don't like the Jazz for several reasons, but um, but they're <laughs> What's definitely like. <laughs> They're What's definitely like? <laughs> a very good team, though, and I think they're kind of similar in, in the sense that no one really talks about them being good. Like, they're just kind of that boring, like, we're just going to turn out, you know, 50-plus wins year after year and then get in the playoffs, and they haven't been able to break through that wall. So that's the discussion on them is going to be that way until they do make it to the finals. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to say this they, they are a... contenders, but not uh, someone that I'm truly scared of, like a, a Golden State at full strength. Yeah, that's and that's a great that's a great segue. I just posted a comment from Nicholas Blackiston in our chat. Uh, Jazz are in big trouble against Golden State for this reason. So that that I'll I'll ask this question, Max. Who's a bigger threat to Golden State, the Suns or the Jazz? Oh, I think we are for sure. I think Nicholas is hitting on something strong. I think I think it's a bad matchup for Utah. Really bad. Yeah. I think. I think they would. You know. The Gobert's defensive, what he does in that system, it's particularly bad at stopping somebody like Steph Curry, I think. They're just not built for that. I think that they would kind of get blitzed and series like that, which is another reason why I want the Suns to get the one seed so we can watch that happen and just let those two battle it out. <laughs> yeah, let those two battle it out in the second and third, and then the Suns, Suns get to probably play uh, currently against Memphis. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> in, the, in the semis. That'd be great. Okay. All right, let's go move on to uh, question number three. Um, this one on the surface, you'd probably think it's, it's a no brainer, but there is a thing called the buyout market in free agency. So you never know, um, true or false. We'll start with max. The Suns will make a trade, you know, this season. I'm going with true. I, as you alluded to, there's a chance they don't because they can upgrade a different, in a different way. But I think this season, this has got to be an all out season. They're so good. They are clearly better than they were last year. They are clearly on pace to be one of the teams that has a chance to actually win it. I think James Jones will recognize that. I think he will make a trade with some actual value going out. Yeah, so some actual value going out. That's interesting. Last year, Jones made a trade in season, but it wasn't value going out. It was cash yeah. for Torrey Craig. And um, really, since the Suns started winning, he hasn't really made an in-season trade to mess up the chemistry. So I wonder if he if he's one of those guys who, like Golden State, until this past year, Never made a trade during any of their in the mid season of any of their finals runs. Uh, they just stayed with the team they had. They kept the chemistry the way it was, and they just pushed through. And so I'm actually um, I'm skeptical of the trading value part, but I'm curious, Max. What do you give me a little bit more of what you think value is? Like, what kind of guy in our current rotation do you see um, the Suns maybe sending out for? someone to fill a gap for the Suns. What do you No, think? so that's a good distinction to make because I'm not necessarily sure it would be somebody from a rotation. I'm thinking more – I think they mentioned in the low post podcast the other day that, that that package everyone talks about with Dario, Jalen Smith, and a first-round pick. That's okay. kind of the value I'm talking about. You know, if if Jalen plays himself during uh, – while DeAndre Ayton's got a cold, uh, plays himself into uh, value on the trade market, I'll take that any day. Yeah. Um, I think that's much more likely. I think the Suns are just waiting for – the Dario Jalen and a second round pick uh, combo actually working for someone that, that for, for a player that, that fits. And in the next section, I know Zona has that as, as, as target. So I won't go any further on the, on that. I, I, I think if Jones makes a trade, it's for an additional guy, not to send out any guys in our current rotation. That's my guess. I agree. 
Yeah, I'll say true as well. I think, uh, like Max said, Jones is going to take advantage of this this window. You know, it's not too often that you're you're a title contender, so you have to maximize your your chances of winning. And I think he's probably kicking himself for not adding McGee. And McGee talked about it last night, just uh, before the playoffs run mm-hmm. last year, because they could have used that that different type of big, um, especially when Stario went out. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to go true. I think he's going to, I don't think it's going to be anything crazy, you know, blockbusters. Like I saw someone say Sabonis in the comments, like, no, that's not going <laughs> to no, happen. Jalen uh, Smith for Sabonis. <laughs> I would do that. Yeah. I hope that person is Indiana's general manager uh, in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> and and they make it work salary cap wise. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be more like a Tory Craig type of trade uh, where they just, mm-hmm. you know, on the margins, something like that. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll go true with that. And then the last one, just a general NBA question. Um, obviously, the Eastern Conference is a lot better this year. So true or false, we'll start with Dave this time. The Bucks are going to come out of the East again this year. Man, that's tough. That that's that's a tough call because you got some really good teams in the East, and I thought the East playoffs were fun to watch um, last last year. I thought I thought definitely the the East playoffs were fun. The Hawks could surprise. I think they they came back to earth a little bit. At some point, we need to have a whole show on how these other teams um, have fallen back to earth, but the Suns have not fallen back to earth. And uh, I, I think that's that's uh, that could be a whole show right there. Will the Bucks come out of the East? You've got Miami Heat in a perfect world. They're almost like they're a better version of the Lakers in that they're they're going with older players trying to trying to force their way through into the uh, into the postseason and, and finals contention with some aging players. But they do have age issues in in that those guys are going to get hurt. They're going to miss some time. The Miami Heat are a threat though to get through the playoffs out there. Uh, Chicago Bulls. I think they're really playing above their heads right now. I don't know if they'll be a, a big factor. The Nets, is Kyrie even – I mean, is there any chance Kyrie plays this year if, if the if New York doesn't lift the mandate on, on vaccines? I don't know. But they're – and James Harden looks like a shell of himself. I don't know. James, James is in that stage of his career where he's putting up the numbers, but he's not making the same impact that he used to make. Um, so, uh, man, it does seem like the Bucks have the best chance of coming out of the East. So having gone through all that, I'm going to say true. I'm also going to go true. Cause I want the rematch, uh, bring them on. Please. Yeah. I just want it to happen. But, uh, I think, I do think it's true. I think they're easily the safest bet. I think the only other team that I really see coming out would be the Nets. If Matt Kyrie magically decides he wants to get vaccinated or the mandate drops or whatever happens. Um, it's very hard to predict that situation. Or they trade yeah. him for something, maybe that's useful for them. Some role players, he goes to play somewhere else, and they get a team around Durant that makes sense. Because I do think Durant's the best player in the world right now. And so you always think the team has the best player in the world, seriously. Yeah, um, I'm going to go true as well. I think the Bucks are just mo- most well-rounded team. They, When their big three is healthy this year, I think they're undefeated. So they're mm-hmm. picking up right where they left off. Um, obviously, the East has more firepower, I think, than they did last year, like Miami. Don't sleep on them. I think in a playoff series, they're going to be held to play with Lowry and Tucker mm-hmm. and sure. Adebayo, Jimmy, um, all the shooters they have with Hero and Robinson. And uh, so they're going to be tough out. I think uh, you have to take them seriously in a playoff series. But I think the Bucks just have uh, more talent and a guy named Giannis that is just impossible to defend in the playoffs. So um, I'm going to roll with them. Philly is just Philly and Chicago are kind of just like really good regular season team, but I'm not sure they're going to like make it past the second round um then the nets obviously like you guys said just you never know with Kyrie. so 
it's, it's tough to really predict. But yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Suns Bucks round two. Let's let's do it. Um, What's really I'm interesting in. is that that the Nets. I'm using interesting a lot today. I don't think I use that all the time, but all of a sudden today it's on my brain. Um, the Nets are playing bad in my opinion. They're not impressive and yet they're leading the East at 18 and eight in an Eastern conference that has more winning teams, uh, better records than the West this year. I, I, that's, that's yeah. impressive. Somehow they're, you're getting these wins out while they're trying to get their feet under them. And look, yeah. if, if, um, if James Harden starts playing MVP level again, they won't need Kyrie to make the finals. Uh, but I just don't, I got to see it before you know i gotta see him happen he and a lot of the, do that a lot of the role players have really fallen off too like blake griffin was massive for them last season and he's just yeah. a complete no-show this season and those kind of things really start to pinch on your chances yeah, you mean fine. blake might actually have been worth that minimum contract that he signed for that he outplayed last year yeah now he looks like he's more like a minimum player yeah <laughs> no to be fair they have been missing joe harris i'm pretty sure they've been missing joe harris and that's a huge part of their offense um, getting uh, getting threes off, uh, you know, off being wide open. I think Joe Harris had the most wide open threes for a couple of years straight there, and and that'll happen again once he once he gets back in the groove. Yeah. Uh, but then their, again, their the Bucks. Go ahead, I was right? just going to say their their issues defense though. I think right now, just like that team is just so easy to score on. Like you could hunt like half their yeah. roster, so it's it's pretty tough. Like I mean, Durant is the best player in the world right now. He's impossible to defend, but there's only so much you could do if you can't guard anyone. Yep. Rounding back to the Bucks real quick. They don't even have Dante DiVincenzo back. Now he's not like a great player, but he's similar to a Mikel for them. Um, not as good as Mikel, but he's got that kind of, he does a lot of things. He plays really good defense. He hits the threes. He can create offense. Um, uh, they, they were using Pat Connaughton in that role last year in the finals. And if they've got Dante DiVincenzo back, they'll be even better. And once, Bud decided it was okay to start playing Giannis 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. It was, it was just as long as he stayed healthy, it was okay. So um, I, that's going to be a tough out and I'd like to see them again. JaVale McGee did say last night uh, unprompted, kind of unprompted in the, in the post game after he had his huge game. He's like, man, if, if the Suns had traded for me instead of Denver, mm. we would have won the finals. You might that's be right about that. You might be right about that. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We're going to move on to our third part of the show. This is the part everybody just salivates over. So let's get right into it. Zona, take us into the third part of the show. All right, so we're going to just go through one by one and just list our top like favorite buyout or trade target. It could be either one. Um, you, it's hard to predict who's going to be bought out. So um, I think we'll just kind of stick with, let's just assume they'll have to trade for them. But if they can get them in a buyout, great. Um We'll start with Max's guy here. And you're, and you're excluding Thad Young from this, right? Oh, yeah. Because we've talked we've, so we've much about that. that horse to death. <laughs> and I feel like it's just been talked about so much that it feels like it's not going to happen at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll exclude Thad um, and what we'll uh, Max kick it off. Yeah, so mine, it's, mine would be a little bit of a risk. He's an expiring player, but he hasn't played particularly well this season and, and so much last season either. It's, uh, it's Robert Covington who was a huge acquisition by Portland two summers ago when they traded, I think, two first-round picks to get him um, from Houston. He's a player who's a, there's a ton of playoff experience. He can He's obviously a 3 and D wing. He can really kind of play back up four a little bit too and rebound. He was rebounding really well for Houston when he was playing there. He makes about $13 million, so you'd have to trade probably Dario plus maybe Jalen Smith or something for him. 
but Portland's blowing everything up. I could easily see him being available. Um, again, he hasn't played particularly well this season or last season, so you'd be taking a bit of a risk that it, you know a change of scenery would help him. But I think it's a risk worth taking, given you know that the Sun system does seem to re- rehabilitate guys, uh, and I think he's somebody who, if he can get back to his Houston form, would really, really help this team. Yeah, I like that. I know a lot of Suns Twitter was kind of like down on on that idea just because he's having a down season. But I think you have to it's important to like realize what he's going to look like here. And like team context matters so much. And if you can plug him in that Jay Crowder, it's like having a Jay Crowder on the floor at all times where uh, he, I think he's a better team defender in terms of like blowing stuff up. And like Portland just kind of has the wrong idea of like what he is. He's not like a on ball defensive stopper. He's more of like a just a glue guy that a helps. Romer on the back, yeah, exactly. back line. Yeah, he'd be a better version of Torrey Craig is what you hope for, right? Just That's what I was just going to say, Craig. man. Mm-hmm. Slightly bigger. He's actually 6'9", although people don't realize that. I think uh, he's slightly bigger than Torrey Craig. He would be that that extra big man, basically, in the, in the forward rotation. And he can make, you know, low to mid-30s on threes. So he's a little bit better Torrey Craig. Um, I'd still play Jay Crowder over him, but definitely yes, yes. Uh, that would be that would be a great ad. Um, <clears throat> Fabio in the chat says uh, Larry Nance Jr. What was interesting here, obviously, Larry Nance Jr. would be a nice fit as well. Very, very nice fit for the Suns. He, he can do a little bit of everything himself. Uh, but what's really interesting, he's having a bad year in Portland. I just did a comp of all the players zona posted an article on bright side of the sun this week uh bright side of the sun.com uh this week where he he listed out his top buyout trade targets and i pulled up those guys and when i compared justin holiday kenrich williams robert covington larry nance and tory craig um side by side in a, in a in a comparison um Larry Nance actually is not, I didn't realize how bad a season Larry Nance is, is having basically in 29 games. Um, he hasn't started a game. He's playing 20 minutes a game and he's only averaging 6.2 points. Have you guys seen much of Larry Nance? Have you had any, any thoughts about him this year? I'll let you take it on. Uh, yeah, I think it's just kind of goes back to Portland just being a mess. Like that, that team is just, uh, you know, they don't really have an identity and like, Nance is more of like a complimentary guy. Same with Rocco. So they're guys that are in roles that they're probably not suited for. And I think, you know, obviously in Cleveland, like Nance, even in there, like they had a clear cut defined role for him and he, he really excelled at it. And I think his defense is, is great. So um, while it's easy to kind of look at them like underachieving and kind of sour on that a little bit, I think you just have to really just purely look at how they're going to look in Phoenix's system. So I'd be happy with either of those two. Um, I'm sure it's it's going to be steep a steep price for for Nance too, just because of like both him and Roka they they paid a lot for. So I'm I'm sure they'd probably get outbid by other teams, but um, you know I, I would be happy with either one of those guys. The, the one issue with Larry Nance is he's really more of a five than a four, and I think Portland yeah. trying to jam him to the four spot is is part of the reason why he's been struggling. And, you know, with the emergence of, of JaVale McGee playing as well as he is, I don't think we wanted to displace him. He's, I mean, he's out playing uh, right. Larry Nance significantly. So I think that's that's one issue with, with acquiring Nance. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so let's go into um, <clears throat> Zona. You were next. So who's your guy, Zona? Uh, Kenrich Williams from Oklahoma City. I think uh, this is by far my favorite just for a lot of reasons. He only makes $2 million this year. And has an option for like two, like a team option for two mil next year. So just probably the best contract in the NBA. Sarver's um, listening. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you could, I threw out a hypothetical trade of going out for him and Muscala from OKC for, for Jalen Smith, that works straight up in salary. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at two rotation two players, players back for Jalen. <laughs> yeah. For $5 million total uh, next year wow. as well. So they're both on the books. Um, to me, that would be the, the greatest trade in the world. I would give up a first round pick uh, along with that. Uh, Kenrich Williams is a positive on OKC, which is insane. Impossible. Uh, that, that team is very bad. We lost by 73 last week. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't play in that game. So that just shows you that, that you know, helps. he's, yeah. <laughs> He, he's very good. And I think um, a lot of people want Torrey Craig back. And I, I get that he's like the known commodity, but I'd rather go for someone that's like kind of the, like that has a chance to be the, the next Torrey Craig or even better. And I think that's what Kenrich could be like uh, ultimate glue guy, a hustle team, uh, team player would fit right in, uh, can guard multiple positions, good rebounder uh, and does all the little things. Right. So I think the second unit could really use a guy like Kenrich Williams. So I'm, I'm all in on that. That's my guy. I'll die on that hill. Um, but yeah, I'll let Dave go with with his guy. Now. He is a lot. He is very similar to a uh, a Tory Craig type uh, in that he's six six, two ten. So he's like Jay Crowder, Tory Craig kind of thing. Um, he, he's he's uh, what I love about him is he's got a beard and a mullet, uh, <laughs> or at least he did last year. Last time I looked at him, um, he's you know he's one of those rotation guys, right? He's got he only averages twenty minutes a game. A lot of these guys you're mentioning. Zona in your article and Kenrich being the prize of those guys is that they're great in spot in spot minutes, 20 minutes a game coming off the bench really do really do well. Just bringing the energy and knowing their role. And that is imperative on the Phoenix suns that every player knows their role and doesn't expect more than that in a game, because that really feeds into uh, the morale of the team and the, and the spirit of the team. So <clears throat> all these guys were mentioning uh, would be, would be great in that kind of situation and with Kendrick Williams being a really good target. The, so I, I'd be real happy with that kind of trade. And no, I don't think the Suns would have to give up a first-round pick. They can't even trade a first-round pick to like 2027 anyway because of the various protections that there are in the Chris Paul one. But that Chris Paul one will go out this year. And once it does go out this year, then the Suns will have freedom to, to trade 2023 going forward, I believe. That's right. Yep. All right, my pick. I'm going to go with another one of the ones you mentioned in your article, Zona, and uh, I'm going to say Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday fits the same exact mold as the guys we've been talking about. He can be a swing man in the. Do, do we have a pattern here that we're picking swing men who can play the Tory Craig role? <laughs> we don't uh, like uh, Abdel Nader as much as Monty seems to like Abdel Nader. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't like anybody as much as Amani likes Abdullah. <laughs> I was it was one of those surprising things that's happened in the last couple of seasons when he was inserted immediately into the game four of the West Conference Finals after missing three months. I could not yes. believe it. <laughs> as soon as he yeah. came off the injured list, yes. he was in there, and all of us were like, "What? What's happening yeah. right?" I'll now? never forget. Uh, even Nader post game, like he said, even he was surprised. Like he had no idea. So. <laughs> yeah. Good that's stuff. Right. So Justin Holiday makes six million this year, six point two million next year. Fairly easy fit uh, with uh, with with including Jalen Smith uh, in that trade, and, and so getting him that he plays. Uh, uh, the Pacers are looking to blow it up. Of course, there's bigger names on the Pacers, uh, but he is going to uh, be one of those available names, I'm pretty sure, and that would be a nice pickup. So any of these guys, right? Rocco, you've got Kenrich Williams, you got Justin Holiday. Larry Nance Jr., 
all would be pretty good pickups. And Torrey Craig as well. Torrey Craig, even though he had one game this year where he had like 28 points and 11 rebounds and Suns fans were like, we gave up on him just before he became a star. Well, he's still for the season only averaging five points. Yeah, I don't think he's shooting very well this season either, right? I think he's having kind of a down year so far. Yeah, 26% on threes Mm -hmm. and 48% from the field overall. So he's not, I mean, his best shooting was with the Suns. Um, that that stretch and uh, he would he would fit in great if he becomes available he's actually just a little bit cheaper than um, again fits in the Jalen Smith trade window uh, salary wise because we're very lucky that Jalen Smith makes four and a half million a year that really makes it easy to acquire some guys out there so I go Justin Holiday. I'm just going to throw another name out there swinging for the fences this would require the Suns including a Dario and uh, maybe one other player, if, if, if Monty would part with Aldell Nader, you could include him and Jalen Smith. And that could get this deal done, that could actually get this deal done. Uh, what would you guys think about adding Harrison Barnes if the, if the Kings decide to move on from him? So he's a better player than we were talking about right now. And it would be really interesting. I mean, obviously, he's a really, it'd be awesome to have him. The only issue I see is the kind of the fit. Him and Crowder are sort of going to be wanting to be the same guy in, on the team, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just, Crowder to the bench? Does, is Harrison Barnes happy being on the bench? I think that is the one issue with it. If those two could work it out, though, obviously it'd be it'd be spectacular to have him with him. Yeah, I'm with Max. Exactly. I think uh, they're both kind of. I feel like Crowder would probably have to be like he wouldn't have to be financially in the trade, but like it would make sense if he was in terms of like you know you still have to play Cam and uh, and fit Barnes in there as well. So I think obviously he's more offensively gifted than than Jay. He can you know create his own shot in the mid range and stuff like that, which would help in the playoffs a lot because they kind of needed that, uh, you know, third option, third reliable option. So I think it'd be a good fit in terms of like what they need offensively, but then looking at the rotation and crunching the numbers kind of, I think it would, it would change some of the things that they do. So um, it's tough to see that happening just because we don't know if the Kings are even going to sell at this point, who knows what they're going to do. Right. Um, especially at the play in game. Yeah. They're almost like, in playoff position. Yeah, yes. all of a sudden. Even Houston's almost in playoff position right now. So after their little win streak. So it's the <laughs> Seven play straight games. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned Zona that it would almost make sense to put Jay in that trade. And they're not they're not gonna trade Jay Cowder. It's not happening. No, they, they, they value no, no, no. what he brings too much for sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely so. no. Jay is not going anywhere. He is the perfect fit for this team for sure. Uh so I think we're we're all on the same page. It should be a swing man with a little bit of size so he could alternate with Jay Crowder behind Jay Crowder in that in that mini big man role. Uh, it should be someone who's great coming off the bench and very happy coming off the bench and a guy who doesn't have a huge contract. So Harrison Barnes probably doesn't fit at all, uh, but he'd be, he'd be the kind of guy who would, I mean, salary wise, he doesn't fit at all, but he'd be the kind of guy who would excel, I think, very well in this Suns offense. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of options out there. Just a matter of of who wants to take the Jalen Smith um, trade package. That's that's really key. And the key to that is getting Jalen Smith more minutes so he can look like he did Friday night every single time. And then teams who are going on um, on a rebuild are going to want to bring him in. All right. So that was our that was our. Uh, buyout and trade targets. Let's look in the chat real quick to see what other people um, have asked about uh, Chetty Osman for the Cavs. I don't see the Cavs trading him away. They're, they're actually fighting for a playoff spot this year with Ricky Rubio coming off the bench for, for them uh, behind Darius Garland. 
Yeah, uh, the Cavs are really good. That's yeah, the Cavs the are most great. shocking thing this season, I think. Like, I like their players, yeah. but seeing it all come together and working has been awesome. That that team's a playoff team. They've had an insanely hard schedule so far, and still are keeping yeah. their heads above water in the East. I could expect they could be a top four seed potentially. Who knows? I mean, Evan Mobley is a stud right away. Oh man, he is so good. Evan Mobley is so good. Yeah, I asked Kevin O'Connor, um, uh, the friend of the timeline guys, uh, but I asked him uh, about about Evan Mobley before the draft because I didn't know much about him. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's better than just about anybody who's been drafted in the past few years as far as big men. And, and he was absolutely right. Even as a rookie, Evan Mobley is is really, really looking good. He just needs to add a little bit of bulk so he can handle the, handle the size of, of some teams. Um, another person asked, um, Allie, asked about Mo Wagner. Have you guys seen much about him or have any any thoughts about Mo Wagner? I think he likes playing with his brother in Orlando, right? I don't want to, I don't want to break him up. It's like the Morris twins. <laughs> Franz. Franz looked terrible in preseason as a rookie, and he's been great uh, actually playing real NBA mm-hmm. games. So, yeah, let's keep those two together. Um, yeah, okay. I, I don't think anybody else – asked uh, obviously there's tory craig love people just people just want to bring back uh lance langston galloway was mentioned as someone to bring back uh, that doesn't fit with the team guys we have way too many guards right now no but tory craig yes i think it is totally fair to want him back he was awesome for us last year he fits the role we're talking about so i would be more than happy with him yeah i saw a lot of people pointing to his uh his twitter account still being like sun stuff and, and all that and I, like he that dude hasn't been on twitter in like over a year like he just probably yeah. just set that he probably uh, forgot. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Twitter account. He's a smart person. Hey. He avoids Twitter. That's what smart people do. <laughs> smart people avoid <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, we'll, we'll be on there as soon as the show's over. Yep. <laughs> We're not smart people. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for that section. Uh, let's see. So let's let's uh, preview next week, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, so what's coming up in the next week? The Suns are at the Clippers. They're at the Blazers on a back-to-back, and then they host the Hornets. Is it the Hornets or the Wizards? They host the Hornets. Um, so what do you guys think the Suns are going to do over this next week of games? Let's start with you, Max. It's a tough How question. It's a good question. Um, I guess the safe answer would be probably 2-1 and one given the back-to-back, but you know they, they could easily sweep those games too. The Clippers have been a weird team this season. They're kind of Jekyll and Heidi. Sometimes they show up and they can beat anybody. Other times they can lose to anybody. They lost the Pelicans twice recently or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then the Blazers are just in a total tailspin right now. They're a tire fire. So I think that that's, even though it's like a night back to back, it's a decent chance to win. And Hornets, they're, they have a really bad COVID situation right now. I don't know if that's still going to be the case. Wait, it's actually, it is the, uh, they play the Wizards first. So oh, let's the go Wizards with, first? Yeah. Okay. And, they, and they've had a great start to the season. They've cooled off a little bit. Um, I still think they're a pretty solid team. That's at home, though. I mean, I think 3-0 and is definitely within the realm of reason there. What do you think, Zona? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Portland and, and L.A., like beginning of the season, you look at that back-to-back and you're <clears throat> kind of terrified of that a little bit, just yeah. given their how like how many games they've played leading up to it um, in such a short stretch. But with all the injuries and, you know, the Clippers kind of being hit or miss, it's to me, I think they can take those two uh, back-to-back hopefully, but uh, without Booker, it, it also changes the equation. So I know, I think this is the first time they played the Clippers this year. So um, yeah. they're going to want that mm-hmm. revenge from the playoffs. So you could see a, a very uh, motivated Clippers team. So that could, that could be a tough one, but I think they're going to find a but way. They also have Eric Bledsoe, who's immune to motivation. <laughs> 
True. Yeah. That, I, I didn't you, get that move at all for them. I did not understand that move for them. And I, I don't, I haven't played close attention. I don't think he's been playing that well. Uh, I'd be surprised if he has been. He hasn't been good in a while now. He has not been playing that well. He has yeah. a, an occasional yeah. good game, but he's pretty much a non entity. There you go. Yeah. It's Eric Bledsoe right now. <laughs> he doesn't want to be anywhere apparently so uh yeah so i i i i'm with you guys the clippers are strange they could have a great game or they could have a terrible game i don't know i think the whole team might be a little immune to motivation so i'm not really sure what we're going to see at the clippers but the suns will be regularly rested to play against that team and the suns are really great on the road the suns last year had the best road record this year um have have a great road record and so the Suns do know how to show up on the road. They, they, they do every time at the Blazers. Like you guys say, the Blazers are a tire fire lately. Uh, it's possible they'll play real well, but it's, it's unlikely. I mean, the Suns lost to the Blazers in opening week. And so the Suns are not going to take that, uh, that game lightly just simply because they know the Blazers blew them out in, in Portland in opening week. So I think the Suns are going to take that seriously. And same situation too, right? Wasn't that the second night of back-to-back on the road? It was. Why, it why, was. Are, why are all our Blazers games second night back-to-backs on the road? You know what's funny is for years, it was the Clippers who were always the second night of a back-to-back yeah. and the Suns were crap and the Sun, and the Clippers were good and it would turn out to be a 30-point Clippers win. I do recall um, that. And now <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy being the good team uh, and uh, uh, taking, you know, the Suns are actually pretty good on on the second night of back to backs. They they had that problem in opening week, but they've been very good on, and which is strange. You would think with a Chris Paul led team, they'd be worse, uh, but they're actually very good on the second night of back to backs. And then home against the Wizards, like you guys say, they're falling off a little bit. They're still high up in that playoff picture in the East. They're still they still have a very good winning record. Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma have been really good for that team this year. And uh, they're they're definitely a threat, but the Suns are back at home, and uh, the Suns are on a 12-game home winning streak. So I really feel like uh, this could. I'm going to be the optimistic one, and I'm going to say three and zero. Usually, I, I predict a loss, and uh, that way I feel better about myself when they actually um, when they when they win. Then it's just a pleasant surprise. Um, but I'm going to predict three and zero this week. That's that's my guess. Uh, who's your favorite league pass team to watch? Non-Suns. Here's a non-Suns question, Max. Who are you watching more than than uh, than any other team besides the Suns? I love watching the Charlotte Hornets. They're so fun to watch. I love Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball is just fantastic. He does things that nobody else in the league really does. He attempts certain passes that are just outlandish. Uh, and Miles Bridges, obviously, the guy who the guy who everyone likes to use his name to say Bikel Bridges for some reason. Like, and people can't figure out that there was two different people. Yeah. Um, but Miles Bridges is awesome. I mean, nobody nobody is more ferocious at the rim right now. Or as far as Stephen Stephen A. Smith thinks, it's Michael Bridges. Uh, did you say that? I missed that. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> uh, yeah, what about you, awesome. Zona? The Hornets are awesome. They're, they're a broadcast team is great, too, just yelling at everything. Yeah, and it makes it really interesting. Uh, my my pick will also be out east. We talked about them a little bit earlier, just the, the Cavs. I think they've just been awesome. Mm-hmm. Like Darius Garland, the leap he's made is, has been incredible. Um you know, the pull-up shooting, his ability to get the bigs involved. Jared Allen looks like an all-star. Uh, and Evan Mobley, obviously, I think he's rookie of the year. Like, there's no question about yeah. that at this point. Yeah, so, man. yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that, that team and just has good role players, too, that can defend uh, multiple positions like Osman and Coro. Um, and they're doing this all without Sexton. So, really impressed by the Cavs. And they've had a, such a tough schedule, too. And they're, they're coming out on top of it. So, to me, they're a team. They don't really have a ton of playoff ex- experience outside of like Rubio and Love, but 
they're a team that if you get them in the playoffs, that, that's going to be a tough first round out for sure. So I'm a bad league pass guy because I, I, I watch so much of the Suns games and do so much in that. I, I've got very limited time on watching other teams. And for some reason, I, I tend to uh, watch more tire fires than I do fun, exciting mm-hmm. teams. Um, I'll, I'll watch more more Dallas or, or the Nets or other teams that are struggling just to just to see how they're struggling and in what ways they're struggling than I do fun teams. And I really should spend more time watching fun teams. I did notice the Hornets um, uh, won last night, even though they were missing seven players. That game was hilarious. I don't know if you, either of you saw I missed that, that one. No, I missed that. Uh, the ending was insane. So uh, Martin, Caleb Martin, Cody Martin, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, but one Caleb. of the Martin, yeah, know. Caleb Martin um, had a reverse layup that it was an and one and they basically took it away because of continuation, like his foot touched the ground and the Kings challenged it. Just he did a spin. Yeah. And Uh landed before it was like a throwaway challenge. They didn't think they were going to win it, but the time was pretty much, I think there's a few seconds left and and Gentry ended up winning it. So they had to shoot free throws and Martin makes one out of two instead of them up being up by three. And then they foul Fox for no reason. And uh, with the time expiring, and then Fox goes and misses both free throws and they ended up winning (laughs) by one point. So it was just Marvin Bagley missed the, tip put back too. Yeah. So yeah, the Kings lost, even though they, they, they had plenty of chances to win that game. We're given chances to win. Um, but yeah, Darren Fox was eight for eight on free throws before missing two to decide yeah. the game. And then oh, Magley missed a tip put back. I love Darren Fox. I love Darren Fox. I just feel so bad how bad he's been this season. I don't know what's going on with him yeah. because I, he's just one of the most fun guys to root for. I love his personality. And I think he maybe just needs to get out of Sacramento. Yeah, the Kings are like, hey, most- get him over to the Suns. Sure. <laughs> Let's go. I'll take him. <laughs> Chris Paul's heir. Um, but yeah, I think the Kings are the most hilarious team to watch just because they find the most impressive ways to like lose games that I've ever seen. So yeah. it's like Pac 12 yeah. after dark in the NBA. <laughs> it's great. I'm happy for Alvin Gentry getting another chance to be a coach in the NBA. Uh, he um, he kind of got the reverse of what happened to him in the, for the, with the Suns back in 2013, where he was the one who took over the team to finish the year after the, after the head coach got fired uh, that started the year. Luke Walton should have been gone a long time ago. Alvin's not going to solve any defensive issues, and that was one of the Kings. That is one of the Kings' biggest problems, and will remain to be one of their biggest problems. Although he does have, I'm pretty sure he's got Mike Long, Longabardi on his on his sideline um, as his defensive coordinator, but I. I I'm pretty sure about that, but I'm not not 100%. I'm hoping the Kings make the play in as well. They they they've got some they've got some fun players, and I hope Marvin Bagley gets a role. Um, Alvin's been playing him. Whether that that doesn't help their defense, but Alvin's been playing him, and uh, so so good for the Kings. I hope they become a better story. But man, last night losing on the last. Last in the last seconds to the to the Hornets, who were missing seven players, including Lamelo Ball, so they weren't as fun to watch uh, in that game as they normally would be. Um, all right, so uh, let's go. One last question before I let you guys go. Thank you so much for staying this long, Max. I really yeah, appreciate course. it. Um, you know, it's not really a question; it's just a comment um, on on other podcasts. The timeline, guys. Um, uh, Mike and Sam, they went on a podcast and you can see their faces. So you're seeing Max's face right here on our YouTube right now. And you can, and you can uh, watch this anytime. So now you know what Max looks like. Um, if you watch the void, which is on the, on the ringers um, um, podcast feed, 
then you'll see Kevin O'Connor with Mike V Hill and uh, and Sam uh, Sam Cooper as well this week, and you get to see their faces. Now the only face we're missing is is David's. We got to get David's face. <laughs> what are these? He days? only did a pod. He only did an audio pod with uh, Nate Nikias Duncan with the Dunker Spot, and mm-hmm. that was an incredible show. So I love how Suns podcasting is going big time. I really do love it, and, and none of this is competition. It's all fun because uh, we all follow the sun. So you guys listen. You guys, um, next time, Max, when when do you when are you and David going to do another pod on the on the seven seconds or less feed? Oh, it'll be a while. We did one last week, so it'll probably be I don't know, maybe All Star break time ish. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, halftime, something like that. But in the meantime, you should subscribe to his newsletter. That's where we appear, and also you should just read his newsletter because it's fantastic. David does an amazing job. Like I said earlier, no one no one dives into this team more than he does. Um, yeah, we had a podcast. He was always the one bringing all the analytics and stats. I was the one just making crazy observations. So uh, you definitely want to follow him and read what he has to say with the Suns. You'll get smarter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I He's got a Substack. Look for him at the four point play. That's IV. I think it's IV point play, yep. right? Roman numerals. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to see all these Suns uh, podcasts. You know, getting getting love from the national folks. Just. Yes. Uh, you know, back when this team was bad, no one really cared about us. Right. And now it's, it's just like the people that stuck it out are getting that their credit uh, where it's due. So it's cool to see that for sure. Good times. All right. Um, <clears throat> so, Max, tell us where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, I'm uh, at MaxMCC11. Um, I tweet, like, I, like uh, Brandon said, uh, not only about the uh, Suns, but the Cardinals quite a bit. Who is all, we're also having an amazing season. It's yeah. a great time to be an Arizona sports fan. Mm-hmm. Zona, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, just at Zona Hoops underscore on Twitter. Uh, find myself at Bright Side of the Sun and ZonaHoops.com. And yeah, hopefully uh, Cardinals can get another win. We got Monday night coming up. So it's a big one. Big game against uh, LA. You basically win the division. Absolutely. Man. Yep. The Cardinals are, have the best record in the NBA almost, or I'm sorry, NFL. They do. They have uh, the best record. The best yep. record in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Suns have the are tied for the best record in the NBA. It is a great time to be an Arizona sports fan. We won't talk about the Coyotes or Diamondbacks for the moment, but those two teams are really <laughs> great. Um, I'm Dave King. You can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. You can find my writing and Zona's writing on brightsideofthesun.com. Max, if you ever want to write, let me know. Um, I'll give you a form to do it. I write a little too much for my uh, day job, so I may, I may think I'll pass on that one. <laughs> yep, no problem. Uh, but if you ever get the itch, uh, you can do a guest spot, whatever you, you want. <laughs> and Zona's that. got his own site too, zonahoops.com. You pick one, and we'd love to host you. Uh, you. you can find uh, me and Zona at brightsideofthesun.com. You can find Zona on his, his writing on zonahoops.com. And uh, you, obviously, you can find this this podcast feed. Uh, if you do the if you do the actual podcast feed on your podcast apps, then you'll get our midweek episodes as well. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And I hope you all have a good week of watching great Suns basketball.